This is the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, telling the story of Kosciuszko County through the eyes of those who have been here lifetimes and those who have just arrived. The mission of Clearly Kosciuszko is to craft a sense of place and pull all corners of our county together. The story of our community is ever unfolding and needs you. Each month, we'll talk with those involved in our community and invite listeners to play, learn, and grow alongside us. Now, the latest edition of the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast with your host, Jody Claypool and Ryan Martin. Welcome back to another Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. Well, second time around here in the Dream On Studios location, the new home of the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. It was a fantastic launch last time around, and, and we're back again this time. Jody Claypool, my, uh, my co-host, as always, good to see you here, bud. You as well. It's good to see you, Ryan. Yeah, the weather is getting better. It's getting warmer. Spring, I am not going to say has sprung. I, you, have you seen that meme? Have you seen that mean that you know, we're now in the, what, the false spring and we have second winter and third winter and all of that to go? I'm not sure where we are, but it's been nice here the past few weeks. I've been out and about wanting to do some stuff, trying to look at the Tippy River, see how it stands here as we get going into the spring season. So How's the Tippy River looking? It, it, it's up from last fall, which is good, but we could use some more water. So we'll see. I don't think these winds recently have done much to them, but... We'll talk more about that later. I'm excited today. We have a guest that actually has helped to make this location possible, and we're going to talk to him about right. multiple business ventures. Uh, Jody, who do we have here in the studio today? Today, we have Tim Early. He's the CEO of the Dream On Group, but he's much more than that, and Correct. we'll get into it. Okay. But he's he and I actually have a history that goes all the way back to the Zimmer days. Oh, my. And so, you know, his journey from when we first met and interacted till now has been pretty extraordinary, and it's, it's something I want to delve into. All right. Fantastic. Tim, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. We're looking forward to hearing so much. Let's just, let's just kick it off by saying, all right, Tim, who are you? Why are you here? Why Dream On Group? Let's just get right down into it. What's going on? And thank you, by the way. This is great. I mean, these <laughs> this getup is fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The third floor of City Hall, uh, of yeah. City Hall, not you know, it, we're not homeless, but right. this this is on the next level. Oh, thanks. Well, first of all, I want to share my story about network partners. Mm -hmm. um, that's where my journey here in the, in the last eight years began. Um, we, as we know, uh, Jody and I were talking about uh, our days at Zimmer. One of the common problems that every company has is attracting a-level talent. So it was a huge problem. And I took my 30 years of experience in the industry and decided to start Network Partners and try to bridge the gap in bringing A-talent to medical technology companies. And I'm pleased to say over the last eight years, uh, I've been absolutely amazed that we were able to create an organization of 300 team members across the country. Um, I, I exited Network Partners uh, in, in last September after we sold to a private equity firm. And uh, prior to my exit, I was able to uh, Team up with two of the most creative videographers I've ever met. We launched Streamon Studios in 2021. And as you can see, as we look around here, uh, we have a world-class studio. That's the vision of Mason Geiger and Matt Dole. All right. So let's go back through. I mean, that's, that's a lot to unpackage. So let, let's start back at the Zimmer days and, and, you know, really what brought you here and then maybe transition into what led to the idea behind and wanting to start a business like Network Partners. Sure. 
Uh, in 2010, I got that phone call. I was in the Boston area for uh, approximately 10 years, and Zimmer was looking for a global director of packaging and labeling. So I came out here and interviewed in 2010 and started uh, June 1st of 2010. So what Boston what, to Warsaw? Yeah, I was going to say that. That so what went <laughs> into you that to, decision? Had you been here before? Had you yeah. been to Warsaw? Did you know what you were stepping into? I did not. Okay. okay. So uh, very interesting. Uh, what a lot of folks didn't realize. My wife and I are from way upstate New York. That's where we're originally from. Uh, very much similar to Kosciuszko County. So it was very comfortable. Um, so not I, a culture shock. Not a culture shock at all. Okay. Uh, we had spent seven years in Cincinnati, outside of Cincinnati with one of Johnson & Johnson's uh, startup firms, or I'll say divisions, Ethicon Endosurgery in the, uh, in the early 90s. So we were very comfortable with the Midwest, and, and uh, we're really excited to come back this way. So there was not necessarily a – how, how long were you in Boston? Ten years. Ten years. So Boston, but still the roots were, were not there. But I, I would say there was a little bit of a, a difference from living in the Boston area to, to transplanting here a little bit, even though the roots are kind of the same. Well, as where at you're from. ten years, right? Yeah. So at ten years, you're kind of getting into the swing of things. Right. You get accustomed to the amenities of living in a, a town that's got a lot of people. Right. Right. And and uh, just to kind of uh, again back up the bus a little bit further, um, when I got out of college, I actually moved to Miami, Florida, oh. and spent seven years in Miami working for a pacemaker company in Miami. That was my first start in the medical device industry. So we had a chance to live in larger cities. Uh, Atlanta was after that, Cincinnati, uh, Delaware, uh, and then Boston for 10 years. So talk, talk a little bit on the personal side. We'll get the business here in a little bit. On the personal side, uh, so now you've added several layers, Miami, Boston, uh, Cincinnati was thrown in there. It's uh, almost like he was on the run. It doesn't seem like he's on the run. <laughs> it's like, uh, what, what's going on? But talk about what really is making this so easy. To, to, to call home what, you know, on a personal level, there has to be something here that makes you not want to go because Boston, Miami, Cincinnati, yeah, and bigger family. Cities. What, did, what did the family think? Yeah. Too? That's another side. Well, of this it was interesting thing. when we actually came here for a house hunting trip at the end of the day, my wife said to the realtor, now I realize what I missed. And she said, I'm sorry, is there something that, that I didn't show you? She said, no, I miss the people of the Midwest. And there's something uh, different nice. about this part of the country nice. that you're not going to see anywhere else. Uh, we've been on both coasts, and, and uh, there's nothing like the Midwest. Yeah, amen. So uh, what's the best accent? Because you got living in Boston, you yeah, had to come you in. Had the Boston. Uh, you had the Boston. Well, I again, uh, my car in the Boston. Uh, yeah. You know, my neighbor said, he, he goes, I didn't realize I had an accent until you moved on the street. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, and uh, our daughter was in third grade when we moved to the greater Boston area, and, she, and I came home, and I said, how was school? And she had her hands on her hips, and she said, Daddy, how do you, how do you spell pizza? And I said, P-I-Z-Z-A. And she said, I told that girl there is no R on the end of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was just a lot of fun. Uh, the, the, you, you really get used to the heavy Boston accent. Um, it, it becomes second nature, but we laugh at it. Right. Yeah, a lot. So let's, let's talk now. Let, let's get into some of the business. Uh, um, you talked about the need behind network partners. Take us through the building process. After all, we are in the midst of an entrepreneurship series here right. with the Clear the Kosciuszko podcast. Take us through the building journey. So I got to go way back to my college days. Uh, I was lucky enough to end up meeting a very, very good friend in college. Uh, we ended up being co-captains of the swim team his, his senior year and my junior year of college. He was from Fort Lauderdale, a, a really uh, an extrovert beyond belief, but a serial entrepreneur. So he convinced me to move down to Fort Lauderdale back, back in the early 80s 
And uh, that's, an, that's how I ended up working for, for a Cordis Corporation down in Miami. But being around a serial entrepreneur, it was very enlightening to see, try different things. What, what are some of the things that we can do? Um, when I was, again, in, in my mid-20s, um, I had a side business outside of my engineering job in the medical device industry installing pool decks and patios. Uh, I started buying rental properties. Uh, that, that, that serial, that, the entrepreneurial, I'll say, kick uh, kicked in just being around my best friend. Now, fast forward to 2014, I've left Zimmer, I'm consulting, and I reached out to my good friend and I said, you know, there's an opportunity here for us to come together and launch something. There's a, there's a gap. All these companies cannot find a talent, and it's really hard to, to basically attract a talent to rural parts of the country. And I consider Kosciuszko County relatively rural in, in, with regard to the major med medical device Man, areas of the country. Man, did you hit the nail on the head with that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. So uh, he was also part of a, a startup firm uh, back about 25 years ago. Um, he was in the restaurant business, but, but was recruited out. A gentleman that he got to know said, hey... A friend of mine has an idea for prepaid cell phones. He's got a startup company, and there's uh, six people. He's looking for a head of sales and marketing. Would you want to be interested in talking to him? So my partner said, uh, I don't know anything about uh, prepaid cell phones, but I'll go talk to him. So he joined the firm 25 years ago, and uh, that company became TrackPhone. Okay. And uh, Rob was the, the number two guy uh, for 25 years and grew it from startup to $8 billion in revenue. And uh, they sold uh, two years ago to Verizon for $7 billion. So what, what you'll hear as I'm telling my story, our story, is that uh, you know, having someone that has the financial means to support a startup venture was critical. So I reached out to Rob and said, I have this, this, uh, this idea. And uh, we put together a, a mini business plan. And we agreed to be 50-50 partners. He would, he would fund it. And I, I would do the day-to-day -day heavy, heavy lifting. So back up just a little bit, because, you know, uh, the issue of talent is a big issue. Um, but you specifically have said now, I think three times, a talent. Define, now a lot in the space know what a talent is, or they have an idea to them. But when you were talking a talent, network partners, what were you looking for? Great question, Ryan. Um, so what we, the way we started out with network partners um, in the area of packaging and labeling, which is very, very specialized, I had a connection with many of the subject matter experts that were either working in, in major medical device companies or were out, out consulting on their own. So we formulated a team of SMEs, subject matter experts, to come together to launch network partners. That was the initial. Because what you'll find is that people have experience or have a limited amount of exposure. The folks that I'm talking to had, were basically industry leaders. Uh, they were leading the technical organizations. They, they, uh, they were working with the FDA side by side. Uh, these were people that, that were, were published, uh, you know, high, high, high credibility individuals that we all came together. Interesting. Um, so as we built from there, as, as you built from there, you talked about needing the resource, the resource partner, uh, which I think is a lot of times where people struggle to find. I mean, there's a lot of ideas out there, but if you were going to be talking about helping folks find that resource partner, mm -hmm. somebody that, you know, they're willing to do the financial lift and let the, the heavy day-to-day -day lift be over here. Where is that? Because last I checked, there's not a, there's not a directory, directory of guys with money or, or capital sources. So how would entrepreneurs look for things like that? So what was interesting for us was um, we came together and, and the idea was 
how do how do we basically create a critical mass? How do we scale this? How, how do we basically get beyond a handful of people into something much larger? And uh, you can imagine in 2015, when I'm I'm speaking to directors, vice presidents, uh, key executives, and in, in, in even medium to, to large size medical device companies, they said, you know, the price that you're charging is pretty high. And I'm not going to basically, I need to have a butt in the seat sitting there across from me. And I said, well, here's the, here's the issue. You can't get the A talent. I can supply the talent, but they're not going to re- relocate their families to, for a, a contract mm-hmm. role for a specific period of time. If you can allow us to be only on site as needed, then I can get you the A talent basically tomorrow. But it has to be remote and only, only be on site as needed. So 2015 was a really tough, tough year. Um, we, were, we were relatively small. And I set my sights on, on if I could land a big-time medical device company, I believe the, re- the rest will fall into place. So my focus was my former company, Johnson & Johnson, and uh, it took us about 13 months to finally get through the, the bureaucracy, the paperwork, the, the, the approved supplier listing, and, and so on, to be able to actually do business with J&J. And uh, once we landed J&J in 2016, Network Partners really took off. That is, uh, it's interesting. <clears throat> um how that process works. Like there, it's, a, it's, it's also, from what I hear, uh, haven't yet experienced that, uh, it's the same thing with venture capital or any other major key component to that, that kind of the mechanistic side of business. Right. You do need that first player. Yes. You need the first business person to kind of legitimize, like the first business arrangement contract. Correct. To legitimize it. You need the first VC to sign up to fund it. Right. And if you get that, everything else falls into place, right? Then you get a, a, you get a, you get to manage the business after that. Exactly. Yeah. Does network partners exist starting in 2015 without the medical device industry here? Yes. Uh, and here, here's the surprising thing. Um, because I was a former employee of one of the large medical device companies here, um, it's really hard to go back to your former company and say, hey, um, here, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, so all of our business uh, initially is outside of Indiana. It's outside of Indiana and outside of even, or was it still in medical device, but just not this local medical device? It was not device. the local, correct. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Um, and I mean, this whole idea of um, talent for hire or the deck of talent for hire can actually expand even outside of medical devices too. Did you explore that? And, and how does that look and work? Uh, again, great question, Ryan. Uh, and again, the, the, the neat thing is if, if you don't focus on one particular area, you're never going to scale it to any particular level. You're kind of like peanut butter where you're spread too thin. So we focus only on medical device up until uh, we had a strategic executive meeting in uh, 2020, and we really had some critical mass by, by that time. We were over 100 people, and uh, our goal was to expand outside of medical device, get into pharma, get into biotech, and, and how can we do that? And as we all know that there's a specific pedigree, there's a specific language, uh, it's really hard to break into something, even though we're all considered med tech. Uh, so we decided we were going to actually buy a company. So we bought a company called FlexPro. Uh, based out of Philadelphia. Uh, they were about a 35-person project management company. Former J&J executives started the company, and we bought FlexPro in uh, April of 2021. Good deal. Good deal. And then, I mean, that was 
you said uh, you 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 finally divested of network partners just last fall. So you played a couple of years in that space, and uh, what did you learn in your time through yeah, that? Yeah, and 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 from an outsider's perspective, but somebody who's kind of loosely and tangentially connected, right, through conversation and just mm-hmm. you know knowing the same people, um, it was it's uniquely positioned as more than just a business. Um, the people that you hired, the stories and the and the um, the passion that the people have in the business, there's there is more to the team that you built than just, you know, the person is, you know, I don't know, very highly skilled at one thing or another. It seemed like, you know, there, there were people who were passionate and also very faithful, and they all were telling a story of a higher level mission, like a higher purpose, uh, being more invested in the overall benefit to their coworkers, the community. And, th- and so I, I, I don't know where that manifested or how it manifested, but I'd like to know. Jody, uh, you know what's funny is that you think about your, you know, your the former companies that we've worked in, and yeah. um, what we try to do is take all the things we loved about those former companies and and bring those to network partners, and the things that we hated, we left those behind. Okay, and um, and to create a culture where it was it was back to teamwork. You know, you you, you felt connected. You felt like you were part of a, a, a much larger organization versus just a number and 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 a commodity within the four walls of of that larger mid sized corporation. So culturally, we you know we tried to do something different, and uh, some of the things that that we did that that um, was in, in my my opinion fundamental and foundational that any entrepreneur would want to hear. Uh, we're we're big fans of of different books, so we we actually did a book club where first start with why by Simon Sinek. So you have to know your purpose, and we agreed that our purpose was to get to help get medical technology to the patient population around the world. So a very noble cause, and that, you know that's what gets you up, you know, out of bed every day. Right. And then from there, we said, you know, we really, really need strong core values. And um, you know, we're, another book that we read was Patrick Lencioni's book, The Ideal Team Player, where it's a Venn diagram where you're hungry, humble, and and, and people smart. Mm. And the people that we would attract, we would actually interview towards that 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 ideal team player. And then underneath that, really strong core values. So uh, we we came up with an acronym CARE. Every day we care. C A R E. Collaboration, accountability, respect, and excellence. Mm. And we would actually interview people for those core values and that ideal team player as we were bringing people in. And then uh, we did something special where, where, because we were again very decentralized. Our chief commercial officer, she was in Denver. Our chief operating officer, he was in Philadelphia. Our chief financial officer was in Miami, and here I am in Warsaw. Every employee would be part of our, our new partner orientation. We would fly them here, and they would have a multi-day immersion and connect connection to our company. So I appreciate you saying that, and, and that's where we try to do things much differently. And, um, you know, it, it's expensive to do that. Sure. But what's the cost of not doing it? Right. So let's jump from network partners to the shirt that you're wearing today, Dream On Group. Okay, we know how you got here in terms of the fundamental. I sold this business and I partnered with these guys. And we talked to the these guys last week when we, we launched a Clearly Pazowski podcast here. But on the surface, if somebody's just listening a little bit and saying, all right, medical device, A talent, blah, blah, blah. Videographers, videos, sound production, what to quote Dr. Phil? What were you thinking? <laughs> uh, what's so, the, what's the dream? Well, yeah, what's the dream? Uh, where? How did that manifest going over in this direction? 
Yeah. So one of the things that that uh, I'm going to share also is that uh, there's a a guru in in um, it's there's a book called Scaling Up by Vern Harnish, and um, I was uh, reluctant, but I was encouraged to do this. Vern does a CEO boot camp a couple times a year, so I applied, and uh, and in February two years ago this month, I went down to uh, the Florida Keys for a three day intense CEO boot camp, mm. and you get one on one time with Vern. And uh, he said, explain to me your business, kind of the conversation we're having right now. And he said, now, how are you connecting with your, with your team? And I talked about the executive team. You know, we're on, a, on Teams calls every day. We have a leadership team underneath us, and, and we, we, we communicate multiple times a week. And Vern said, no, 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 the people, the people that are your, your, your real team that's doing the work all over the country. How do you connect with them? And I said, well, we have this SharePoint site. And he starts laughing and asked me where I, I park my dinosaur. And I said, oh, that hurt. Um, and he goes, Tim, video. You have to be using video. He goes, you know, he goes, do your, your town hall meetings, you know, your monthly town hall meetings live. Record these things. You know, get on video. You're using LinkedIn as a platform to market. Use video. He said, he goes, I can't believe that, that with all the success you're having, video is not, you know, the answer that, that, that you were going to tell me. So note to self, um, as soon as I got back here to Warsaw, I reached out to, to Mason Geiger and Matt Dool and said, guys, I said, we, we need to have a meeting. I want to be your new anchor client. And I explained to him all the things that, that I, I had just learned and heard. And I said, where's your studio? And uh, put a proposal together for me because I am all in. And they kind of chuckled and said, studio, uh, trunk of the car. And I said, you guys are the best. What do you mean? And they said, no, this is, uh, you know, this is kind of, this is where we are at, at this point of, of our business. So over the next three months, we put a, a little business plan together and said, would you guys be interested in coming together? And I would love to basically use network partners as a platform to basically launch Dream On Studios. And uh, little did we know, um, again, we, we purchased this building in, in uh, 2021. And uh, in February of 2022, 12 months ago, uh, deconstruction started and, and this space was, was uh, underway. It took about nine months to complete. and. Um, and here we are in a world-class facility. And so even though it doesn't seem like they're connected, there is connection there. 100%. Okay, so I just want to make sure I understand, because this sounds like a super genius kind of like mm -hmm. identification. Like he's identified something that never occurred to me. And that is with this, with the pandemic and with everybody uh, kind of uh, changing into what, what they call it, the new norm, right. right? The new norm of how we do work and how we communicate. Uh, there's a lot more remote positions. Correct. And you already went through the pain of of learning how to communicate remotely. Mm -hmm. And you saw that other people now are going to be doing more remote communications. And live video is the key to get the most connection you can. 100%. Oh, my gosh. That is genius. <laughs> Thank you. So would you call I mean, you started off this conversation talking about your buddy in yeah. Florida yeah. that was a serial entrepreneur. Tim, would you call yourself a serial entrepreneur now? Well, uh, the part of the, the, the whole story that you don't know um, is that we actually started a company when we were at J&J &J in the mid-90s when new packaging regulations were, were first coming into play. So there was the new ISO standard for packaging validation for medical devices. And I happened to be back in, in school working on my master's degree, and my thesis was medical packaging validation. So I, got, I was able to, through J&J, &J, get teamed up with the FDA, write a a, a get a group together, we use my thesis as, as a foundation to write a compliance document for this new ISO standard that, that came out. 
1997, we decided that we were going to start a company called Isopack. And what we really didn't know was, how do you market that? How do you take technical acumen and actually make it into a business? So we fell flat on our faces. <laughs> um, it was a swing and a miss. And uh, luckily, I had a chance to go work for DuPont uh, Medical Packaging in a, in a technical marketing role. And uh, a couple of years at J&J, or excuse me, at, at DuPont, they allowed me to go through a multi-month training program for sales and marketing. And, and again, building new sk skill sets was really the focus. I ended up uh, taking a position with Boston Scientific in, in, uh, in Boston, in, in uh, Natick, Massachusetts in 2001, and really was enjoying that. Um, we got in a little bit of trouble with the FDA. Uh, we were under consent decree. Um, we decided to buy a pacemaker company and outbid Johnson & Johnson on a pacemaker company in Minneapolis, who was also under cons a consent decree. And the executives didn't quite realize what that meant. So um, we, we, uh, we bet the entire company. And it didn't work. So my wife said, hey, um, is this going to be a problem? I said, no. I said, I'm working on the number one project in the company. I'm good. Well, they canceled that project, and they let 9,000 people go. And again, shock to the system, I called my friend up down in Miami, and I said, hey, I said, um, I got an idea. So we actually launched a company in, in 2007 called Packaging MD. A little bit more success, a little bit more tenure, 10, 10 years you know, since ISOPAC. And uh, we went out and came really, really close to raising $10 million to launch Packaging MD. 2008 hit the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. Everybody tucked their tails between their legs and, and, and back to corporate America we went. And that's essentially how I got here in 2010 with Zimmer. He didn't answer the question, did he? No. It was a yes or no question. He just gave us It's a good touch, nice yeah, touch. <laughs> so I'll, I'll put it to you this way then. So entrepreneurship, building companies, what's the most important part of building any business? It's easy, people. Not the idea, the people. People. Everybody has an idea. It's the people, it, it, it's, it'll either make or, make or break you. And Jody had asked the question, you know, what's unique about what we did at Network Partners? And you, you can see around here, what's unique about Tremont yeah, Studios? Right. Mm -hmm. um, if you focus on the people and, and, you, and, and again, you pour in, um, you have to have a servant's heart, you have to be a giver, and you have to be willing to invest heavily in order to, again, attract the right people and allow the time it takes to, to evolve the business. Also helps to have a lot of money. Well, yeah. You know. but, I mean, just, no, just, you know. just that. But <laughs> to the people and, and, and trying to find the people, we find ourselves now in a, a period where demography is changing. Baby boomers are aging out, are retiring, and the next generation, Gen X, coming in, there's fewer of us. Mm -hmm. And so surrounding yourself with the right people and also finding people. Well, and what Ryan's also talking about is the network partners business, from what I can tell, is not it's not a core product provider. You're not a subcontract manufacturer. You actually are playing in a highly valued adjacency. Mm -hmm to those core, those, the previous core business. So it used to be everyone would invest in the new hip or the new knee. Mm -hmm. Now the money is made on the adjacencies, right? right? On the robotics and delivery models and packaging. And so, um, I mean, it's a genius, another genius idea and play and focus. Uh, but it also speaks to people who have those kinds of ideas can exist in this area. They don't, you don't have to make a metal or plastic product right. in ortho. Right, you can be in an adjacent space, and as long as you're employing those remote 
um, employment strategies, right? You're able to access those businesses outside of town. It's it's viable option, right? Correct. And, and really, we're in the service business, you know, uh, and again, we're supporting the the med tech space, but we started out in packaging and labeling. We expanded to regulatory affairs. We went we went beyond that to project management, to quality engineering. And and again, depending on what the client needed from subject matter expertise to entry level folks. And I'm gonna share a quick story. Uh, when we when we were able to put a a, a program together, we were working with, with J and J and they said, Hey, this is great. You know, you brought these, you did our gap analysis for us with these subject matter expertise. You put a, you put a project plan together. Uh, those people are very expensive. We want some lower level people that do not need handholding that can actually implement the plan that you guys ha- have, have put together for us. We said, well, you're Johnson and Johnson, go hire them. They said, we can't find them. And we said, really? And they said, you know, you know, we can we can get the, the the young recent graduates, but we're looking for that two to four year person that really can actually be the day to day block and tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, our executive team got together and said, "Hey, how about if we do a beta test and try to create our own?" And um, we actually we did this in packaging engineering first, where we we actually took our, our subject matter experts, created a curriculum where we hired students right out of the packaging engineering programs, recent graduates. We, we hired them before graduation. They came in, we put them through a multi-month boot camp, and we, we, we attached a, a mentor to them, and they agreed to three one-year assignments at various medical device companies. And what's interesting is over 60 people have gone through that program right now, and with, with the plans for, for 2023, over 87 people will have graduated through that program at Network Partners once this year is complete. Now, one of the, the pushbacks or one of the comments we got from, from different medical device companies said, hey, this is a great idea. Why don't more companies do this? I said, well, you do, but you do it towards the, ex- the, the fast-track executives. You have your gold program yeah. where you go to the Whartons, you go to, you go to the Dukes, you know, and, and you're trying to look for executives. I said, we took that exact same model at our engineering level and did this. And they said, well, why don't more companies do this? I said, on average, it's about $40,000 per person that we're, we're up, we're putting up front prior, prior to a- actually, uh, roll, rolling this out. Yeah. Right. So as we look at the area and we're looking at, um, kind of a way or a model of, of bringing talent because your model is great, except for it allows for people to live someplace else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to attract that talent here. Yep. Right. We want to have those people, if they could live anywhere and work remotely mm-hmm. to want to live here. Right. So what what uh, how do we build a how do we build an amenities package that appeals to those people whether it's the entrepreneur or it's the person who wants to be a part of an organization like Network Packard uh, Partners or Dream On Group. Well, and I will and I'll say yeah, your partners here, part of your group at, at Dream On, right. those two guys are what Jody's talking about. Right. They were out west. They were down south. Mm-hmm. They were in all of these places, and they chose to come here and set up base of operations here, right? And then go back and do that work in uh, yeah, those places that they were. So I mean, so yeah. you 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 have examples here that we're kind of talking about, right? Right. So uh, a major segment of network partners is located here in Kosciuszko County, and 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 it was the labeling piece. So uh, many of of my former coworkers uh, decided to join us. 
and we specialized in, in actually providing labeling solutions to the medical device industry. So approximately 30 employees of Network Partners are here in Kosciuszko County. So, so you can do a segment of that. And, yeah. and again, it's a matter of, of what, what, what avenue do you want to go down? And something that, that, that we didn't touch on is it's where do you find the people even for Network Partners? Right. And uh, we brought recruiting in-house. And uh, a, a gentleman who's the current CEO of, of Network Partners, he actually had this experience at a, at a different company. He brought that to Network Partners and said, we're going to create our own in-house recruiting. And that team is over, over 12 people strong. And they've created a, a proprietary database of over 30,000 candidates that, that they've talked to. So when there's an opportunity with a client, there's a database that, that could easily be searched to go find, find that person. Now, the question that you have is, there's a company that already exists that's doing that, and or do you create your own within within the four walls of I'll say of Kosciuszko County? Right. Uh, the ability exists. We know how to do it, and it's a matter of do you buy the service or or do you build it? Well, it's been it, it's been a a wild ride here so far. We we've come to the time that we kind of got to wrap this up here a little bit, but. Oh, we still we still have to talk about all the fun stuff he's going to be doing. Well, yeah, I know, and so we need to kind of put this together in in that finishing the shout out. And Jody, I'll let you then follow up with the the the, the signature question. But Tim, just tell us what what's on tap. So what's on tap is, um, you know, I'm just going to share with you guys that that I don't know if if network partners could have launched anywhere else other than Costco County. Um, you know, what's here in our backyard. The people that are willing to go the extra mile to help anyone be successful, it is something that, that I have never seen. So, you know, part of all, all the people that, that leaned into me and, and helped me, you know, here's my chance to give back. So that, that's kind of where my focus is right now with some of the nonprofits that, that we're supporting. And then uh, what recently happened, uh, when I say recently, about 18 months ago, uh, I'm on the Baker Youth Club Board of Directors. And uh, Tracy Furnival was mentioning that. The, the United Way, the funding that was provided to Baker Youth was, was being uh, lessened, and there's a chance that it could go to zero. And uh, this was a major por portion of the funding that, that Baker Youth Club received. So I reached out to a few, few folks and said, hey, um, is there anything that we can do? So a, a handful of companies, very philanthropic companies, have gotten together here locally. Uh, we've created a, our own 501c3 to try and, and basically, basically bridge the gap like we did with the, with, the, with the people resource. We're trying to do the same thing with the financial resource. We've identified six nonprofits. We've created our own website. Uh, we're actually beta testing custom software where I'm going to be going out and knocking on, 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 I'll say, business doors to say, hey, we have a very easy program to make it easy if, any, if you or anybody in your company would like to contribute for the nonprofits. And uh, we're going to be rolling out the Compassion Project in the uh, the second quarter of, of this year in 2023. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. fantastic. Uh, anything else? I know. I know. I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about, but I know that he's doing some things, other things to help the mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. Some positions he's going to be in or is on. I've recently joined the uh, the Ketco uh, Board of Directors. Okay. Awesome. And, and working closely with Alan Tio. Which is team. great. You know, we personally appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, anything else? Shout outs to anybody else? Matt, Mason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a shout out. We appreciate everything you do. Go ahead. All right. Here's the signature, sign, uh, signature question. This is the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. Mm -hmm. I call this a verbal Rorschach, yeah. right? Uh, we ask it at the end of every uh, podcast. What does clearly Kosciuszko mean to you? 
I just uh, can simplify by saying it's one of the greatest places to live, work, and play. That I think short that's, and that's sweet. Short, sweet, and I actually think that sets the record that's right, that's for the right. shortest answer to that question. It's almost well, like he prepared or something. That's right. I, you know, he he. What they don't know is that he's looking down at the list of questions that he was given ahead of time. Okay, so, yeah, right. well, well polished. Well, Tim, it's been fantastic talking to you. The time has flown exceptionally fast, uh, and I'm sure that if any, anybody wanted to know more, they would be able to have their ear talked off by you. Um, on the level of entrepreneurship, if folks wanted to reach out and talk to you, how's the best way to find you these days to, to bend your ear on, on entrepreneurship questions? Uh, either, either reach out to me through, through uh, my email at tim at dreamonstudios.io um, or give me a call. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and, and, and I'm readily available. Sounds great. Jody, thanks for being here again. Another Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. Tim, it's been fantastic. We'll see you guys all again in two weeks. That's when the next podcast drops. Until then, have a fantastic early spring. Clearly Kosciuszko is a countywide voice created in partnership between the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams, Kosciuszko County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Kosciuszko Chamber of Commerce, and the Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation. If you're seeking a day trip or a weekend getaway, a place to start your business, or a flexible location for a corporate conference, Clearly Kosciuszko will connect residents and visitors with the right resource throughout the county. Thanks for listening.